When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, Every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. The Skinny with Rico and Ken is a production of iHeartRadio. I'm Kenny Schrader, and this is The Skinny. From the Fatheads Eyewear Studios in Speedway, Indiana, this is The Skinny. Brought to you by Toyota, Rhino Classifieds, General Tire, and Dream Giveaway. This segment of The Skinny is brought to you by General Tire. It's more than just a slogan. Anywhere is possible with General Tire. General Tire's Grabber X3 Mud Terrain Tire offers aggressive styling and is engineered for durability with innovative performance features that are ready to carry you through extreme mud, dirt, and rock-covered terrain. For extreme traction that's ready for anything and rugged styling to match, look no further than the Grabber X3. Make your anywhere possible by visiting GeneralTire.com today. Once again, welcome to the Skinny Ken Stout and Rico Elmore in the house. It is a busy week here in May, just a couple of days before the 500, but that also means the little 500 is just a couple of days away. A lot of racing that's going to go on at Lucas Oil Raceway Park as well on Friday night. It's a busy, busy week. We love this week, and for the people that live around here, I mean, it's... It's our favorite week, or certainly one of. We also love the U.S. Nationals as well. But it's a big week, and uh, we're excited to have a young gun. I mean, a, 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 a guy that, if he sticks with it a couple more years, he'll probably be able to turn this thing into a career. But he's off to a really good start. <laughs> Accomplish. He could get some, make some accomplishments. If he just sticks with it here for a little bit longer, 
Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Kenny Schrader, one of the most loved personalities in this sport and certainly very successful and still getting it done today. If I'm not mistaken, I think you've already won a couple of UMP modified races this year. Is that correct? Yeah, we've won a couple this year. We're off to the start of a good year. We've got a bunch of top fives, only won twice, but uh, we're off to a good year. So Schrader's in the house, of course, a long-time NASCAR career, very, very successful in everything that he's done. Also, the, the team Kenny Schrader Racing builds cars for a number of successful teams. But I've got to tell you, as of late, the most impressive accomplishment that I've seen you pull off was about a year ago. Well, I guess a little bit less than a year ago because they didn't run a little 500 till August last year, courtesy of the pandemic. But my God, I mean, I, for the folks out there that are not familiar with the little 500, it's a sprint car race. They start off three wide. It's at Anderson and they run 500 laps in a sprint car. Yes, they have pit stops with cars that should not have pit stops. It is total chaos, but just picture wheeling uh, uh, 850, 900 horsepower, 410 sprint car around Anderson for 500 laps. And this young man that we're talking to tonight finished in eighth place. I was like, oh my God, Kenny Schrader is still kicking some ass at a high level. <laughs> awesome, dude. Congratulations. That was really impressive. Yeah, but you're not supposed to be congratulating people for an eighth place finish. You know, that's, that's not near good enough. That's why, that's why we're back here again is try to improve upon that. You don't, you don't come here to run eight. I know you don't come here to run eight and I, I, and maybe you've noticed already, but I'm clearly steering, uh, steering clear of saying your age here. And I don't know if you, if you're okay with it, then I don't, we it will, don't but, bother me. I mean, 65 years it old, does. dude. Yeah. 65 yeah, like, years old. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Your birthday's on the 29th. That's yeah. right. So that, yeah. how about a birthday Until present Saturday. on the 29th to win the little 500, right? I love that. I love that. Uh, yeah. I, I remember the first time I ever met Schrader and, you know, it was uh, like many, you become an instant fan just because of what a great guy he is. But uh, it was probably in 1991, maybe something in that area. And he was coming in the back gate. Uh, in the tunnel at the Indiana State Fairgrounds. And that day, he ran a modified, a late model. And I believe that you ran, maybe it was a Silver Crown car was the third car. But it was some three or four car deal, and he ran every one of them. Now, he was, he was you know, he was definitely in the cup program at the time. And... uh but man, he came in the back gate, super nice guy, and I was running, I was running security for the folk, uh, for the fairgrounds at the time for that deal, and uh, and just just a great guy. And then you know, over the years, got to know him a little bit better through you know a lot of different uh, you know either through the Armstrongs when uh, you know Dakota used to drive for him and in the in the Arca series, and then. Of course, how Kenny got tangled up with the uh, wild, uh, wild uh, Armstrong bunch, as in the Brad and Tara Armstrong bunch, more crazy Tara than Brad. But uh, how all that went down is is uh, is a mystery. But uh, uh, yeah, it was it was just a really really great guy, and I mean. He's he's not trying to uh, Schrader. Have you ever drag raced? I mean, you know, uh, S Smoke's trying to go the raw uh, straight drag, straight line business. He's drag here. racing people off turn four. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. 
Now, years ago, I had a motorcycle. We got a F bike record, uh, whatever that was, but it was a stock 250 Honda. But uh, no, I, I don't. I don't need. To, we got other stuff to do yet. Not ready to go drag racing. Don't want to think about that. But we just had a lot of fun over the years. We have been able, very fortunate to to drive a lot of stuff. Uh, just still having fun. You know, that's that's the main thing. That's what I was going to ask you. I mean, what, what drives you? I mean, at 65, near 66 years old, there's nothing that you haven't accomplished. And, um, I, you know, I was, it's got to be that you're still having fun. I mean, uh, I, what, what drives you to get up in the morning and say, hey, I'm going to go hop in a race car again? Well, I don't, I don't know enough about racing. I sure don't know anything about other sports. But I know these, like, guys that play golf and stuff, you know, and they, you know, they retire from PGA tour or whatever it is. I don't think they quit playing golf. You know, they still want to go, still want to go play. And I like running around the country, uh, with my dirt car and still playing, uh, the little 500 deal kind of happened through Irish Saunders with Hoosier. He called me five years ago and said, would you like to run a little 500? And I said, oh, most definitely. There's no damn way in hell I want to run a little 500. <laughs> and uh, he, he said, just go test for one afternoon. So here we are five years later. going to try again. Uh, that is that is absolutely awesome. Yeah, I was kind of that's that's interesting because I was wondering how that kind of transpired as well. And uh and uh and and you know brad and tara armstrong with the, with all joking aside the best people ever i mean just biggest heart uh you know in the world and i would i would love nothing more than to see schrader in victory lane with those guys i mean it would it would be yeah how uh, about we just keep going forward you know our main you know we're shooting for a seventh you know it's we went from tenth, ninth to a DNF to an eighth. So seventh on Come the on. radar. Now, in the words of Kenny Schrader, who in the hell would ever want to go out there and race for seventh? I mean, let's at least get into the top five. Right. Okay. I don't we'll know shoot what for I top was five. We'll see for top five here. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, for for the general base of fans out there and and myself included in this yeah when i think of kenny schrader these days um i mean obviously you had your nascar career a lot of time on asphalt no doubt but when i think of you now i think of you as a dirt car racer so uh, do you do any other asphalt stuff besides a little 500 i'm trying to think i maybe ran three or four last year but that was it uh i prefer to run dirt and i we take our own car most every place we go uh Two years ago, pre-pandemic, uh, our truck trailer, we, we, we drove through 38 states. Wow. Uh, we did wow. a lot of racing. We were all over. So we're just trying to keep doing that. Now, did you uh, take your motorcycle through all 38 of those states, or was that a flying fly fly race? Been... No, no. I'm most time in the truck and... Uh, on the motorcycle a lot. We still carry the motorcycle up in front of the truck. So sometimes I'll be with the boys for three or four days. We'll be racing. And then I'm going to go meet someone else and, and run their car. And uh, it's pretty easy to roll that motorcycle out of the front of the trailer and just shove off that way. So we, we still do that a lot. Yeah, that's uh, that was one of the things when I originally got him set up in some sunglasses. He's like, 
He's like, I love these. These are great to ride with and so forth. And so I sent him a box. I'm going to assume that that box is gone now. It was about 10 years ago, I think, is when I did that. But uh, we'll fix you up with more. We'll we'll fix you up with more by all means. So, uh, so what's your what's your schedule coming up? So we know you got little five. Did I hear you're running uh, uh, maybe the Silver Crown race, Terre Haute? Is that what I heard? No, no. We we were going to run the modified there uh, tonight or Wednesday and Thursday, and uh, the last three days, Sunday at Anderson, Monday at. Uh, Kokomo and yesterday at Speedrome, we did events with some of our federated customers where we we brought uh, six cars to the Speedway. They got to go drive them and then I give them a ride in two-seater. So we'll still do that about 50 days a year all over the country. So uh, that keeps us pretty busy. We're just going to run a little 500 this weekend and then kind of pick up again uh, next week somewhere at Dirt Car and then we go up northeast because for six weeks in a row, we're doing the uh, Ray Everham, Tony Stewart, SRX uh, uh, testing. We've been doing that for them, and we're going to be have to be at those races, uh, getting those cars all the same. Did you uh, have a hand in building those cars as well? Oh, hell no. I didn't have a hand in building them. They don't let me build nothing, but we've, we've <laughs> tested at every track they've been to. Well, so correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, I don't know if you guys still do this, but there there was a time when you guys were were prepping trucks and ARCA cars. I mean, I just recently, a, a couple of years ago, when I covered ARCA, uh, you guys had a, had a team out there. So that's the reason I asked that. You guys still build race cars yeah. at, the sh- at the shop, right? No, uh, we we just have a St. Louis shop now. We we sold the uh, North Carolina shop. It was just time to get out of that business. Uh, so we're just playing out of the st louis shop i'm blown away at your schedule i mean talking to us and telling us what you're doing i mean to to go out with federated is super cool of course you know everybody's going to take care of a sponsor but to give two-seater rides and stay as busy as you're staying i mean that's a legit job to show up i mean you're a talented driver but to listen it's just call it what it is what it is i mean the monotony of people getting in and out of the car all day long and giving people you know rides in a two-seater is is no easy task by the end of the day. You're wore out. So uh, hats off to you, man. I mean, you're still scrapping in, in the trenches. That's awesome. Well, we're you know, like I said, I, I still like playing. We're going to be in a race car over 100 days a year, this uh, over 100 days this year. So we're just about making every opportunity we can to go go play. And here Stuart turned 50, you know, last week. We did his... Uh... We did his surprise birthday party in uh, Vegas Monday night, which I got to tell you was absolutely epic because he had no idea. And Leah put him together like, I mean, never before because it was to the point where they got on the plane and Steve and the pilot shut down all the monitors in the back. So he had no idea where the plane was flying, uh, had no idea what direction they were going. And he told Stephen they were over at my bus sitting there at the in Houston at the at the drag strip when it was raining one of the every day we were there. But uh he told Stephen, he said, I pay your paycheck. It's my plane, my fuel. You're gonna tell me where he said, not a chance. <laughs> <laughs> he was yeah. pissed. 
He was pissed. He had no idea. At the end of the day, I'm still flying it. So unless you want to sit in here behind the seat, you know, yeah, you don't. You don't want to try that either. He will try that. But uh, so they're flying in, and he finally looks. He looks out the window on the approach, and he sees Lake Mead, and he says, "Oh, we're going to Lake Powell." He said, "We're going to Powell. This is awesome." You know, I thought they were going there to wake, or you know, wake surf and this and that, and. And Steven said the way that they landed, he couldn't see the strip. So they had landed to the west, I think is what he was telling me. He said until he actually opened the door and got out, he didn't know that they were in Vegas. Had no idea. So then he gets there, and the the whole deal was, which KJ, the uh, she's awesome uh, with uh, Cosmo, KJ has it all set up well. Dale Jarrett's there too, but the whole the whole plan was Dale Jarrett was there to go up to this new high limits on the top floor on the penthouse, this private high limits thing, which, you know, Tony was all wound up. He was ready to rip and go and this and that. So KJ brings them up and there's twenty five of us in this room, and as soon as they said surprise, he was like, You and the explicit started ripping. <laughs> and he was he was red-faced, which I've never, I, you know, he doesn't get embarrassed about anything, but he was he was so taken back by the, the people that were able to make it. Not everybody, you know, they, trying to invite everybody that you're supposed to to that, which I, I submitted a list. I said, here's a lot of people that I know that, you know, he it would mean something to him and so on and so forth. But I'm telling you, it was... It was great, and uh, and uh, yeah, he was he was definitely wound up. But you know, he just turned fifty. He's way behind Schrader on this deal. <laughs> I don't know if he went drag racing because he's trying to be like Chris Caramassini, the Greek, run until he's ninety <laughs> or seventy something, like four. So I mean, I'm trying to figure out where he's headed with all this. So he's headed wherever he wants to. I'm happy for him. That's Sounds right. Sounds like him That's... and Lee are having a good time. They are, man, and I'm telling you, him running that fuel car, there's been uh, there's a lot of folks that stand up there on the line to watch him and, um, you know, could critique him in many ways that are probably not that favorable if, if, if it were there. But, you know, when you have the likes of Chad Head, who's been there a long time, uh, you know, Nicky Bonifante and several others say, you know, if you didn't know who was in that car, you'd think that was somebody that did this every weekend. And so to hear that, you know, from your peers, pretty impressive. And, you know, my favorite thing that he said originally was, man, this thing has a lot of switches in it. You know, we just used to have a couple of things we turned on and, you know, turned the, turned the power on and hit the ignition, the fan, and a couple other deals. He goes, this has got a lot more switches in it. you got to really know what you're doing here. My favorite part was uh, was he was he was at the school testing, and the first thing he does is rip off a perfect reaction time, point zero zero zero, and he immediately takes a picture and takes that off. He's like, I don't know what the big deal is here with you yeah. guys on this reaction time thing. Yeah, he sent he sent it to me, who I happen to be with Brandon Bernstein and J.R. Todd, two very accomplished drivers, and he said, why don't you ask them why they try to make this look so tough is his exact words. <laughs> And with that, all hell broke loose, and then he was on the phone when we were calling him. So, but no, he's he's tough. He is he's tough in everything, and I mean that's that's the 
That's the cool part. And I mean, Schrader was kind of the original in in running everything, right? I mean, he he could run any of that stuff. And Tony followed shortly thereafter, and and you know, in a lot of the same manner. And uh, so it, it's just it's just really cool to watch it all go on. And and uh, and hey. I'm I'm excited to see the SRX stuff. Sorry, go ahead, Kenny. No, I just saying, uh, you know, I've been known Tony pretty good for a while. And I know how I think, and I, and I know a lot of other drivers that, you know, have been fortunate enough to make a decent living doing this. And two pedals, one steering wheel, no IQ test. I'm telling you, it's not that hard a job. It's a damn shame he isn't here. Yeah. <laughs> we need to make a highlight reel because Davey Hamilton was in here telling about how he cheated to win yeah. the championship and yeah, beating. He said, so. I finished second to Tony Stewart one year. He said, when the year he won the championship, he said, so I, I don't know if that counts or not as he a said, championship. Cl- <laughs> he said, clearly he was cheating. <laughs> so, yeah. so, Trader, you, uh, uh, how did you get started in this whole mess of racing in the beginning? My, my daddy ran a general automotive repair shop next to a little racetrack in uh, outside of St. Louis. He raced forever, you know, just at tracks right around the St. Louis area there. And when I turned 16, I got to drive the car. And I ran about, well, that was in 71. And... In 1979, we were running a lot of different cars, and I just really got thinking that, you know, if I just really worked at this and did this a little better, I could maybe keep from getting a job. So that's all I've been doing since 79 is trying to keep from getting a job. Sportsman champion at Lake Hill Speedway in Valley Park. That's a hobby car. That's a hobby car. I mean that was a that was a bit a while a while ago. I mean seventy one, seventy two, seventy three, somewhere somewhere in there. Uh, set nineteen seventy one. Uh, this is our fifty first year of racing. Wow, I think I made it about fifty one months. If that, <laughs> so, so I'm just a little just a little short on that, but. Yeah, that that's awesome, and I mean, uh, I knew that your your dirt operation for the most part was always out of out of uh, Saint or out of uh, Missouri, right? Yes, sir. Uh, we moved down to Charlotte for a little while, uh, maybe half a dozen years. Now we moved it back to Missouri because we knew we were going to wind back up in Missouri, uh, even when we moved to Charlotte because of the cup cup job. We we knew we wanted to go back to Missouri someday, so we just recently did. Now we're trying to get everything built there and uh, add on to the shop and build build a place to live and stuff. But uh, we're happy with it. We're, we're glad to be back. And that's that whole Midwest thing. We loved it down there uh, in Charlotte. But I love Missouri, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, those Iowa, those tracks around there. I'm glad to be home. Spending some time here with legendary Kenny Schrader here on The Skinny. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back on the other side. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. 
he says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, Every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release, presented by Verizon, coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. This segment of The Skinny is brought to you by Dream Giveaway. Dream Giveaway has been giving away high-end American muscle cars to raise money for charity since 2007. Dream Giveaway is known for giving away classic and new muscle and paying the federal taxes so the winners don't have to. For $25, you can jump in the game, and part of that goes to charity. You'll have a chance at winning some of the coolest cars on the planet. Check it out at dreamgiveaway.com. Welcome back to the Skinny, ladies and gentlemen. Kenny Schrader on with us, sitting in his motorhome, just, uh, I don't know, about 40 minutes away or so, outside of Anderson, hoping to practice on a Wednesday before the Little 500. Unfortunately, Mother Nature is, uh, has changed plans up a little bit for him with some rain. I'm, be- I'm beginning <laughs> to think it's me. I was in Houston all week, and it <laughs> rained right. nonstop. <laughs> and then I get back home, and it's raining here. It didn't rain in Vegas, I don't think. But anyhow... Anderson Speedway, one of my favorite memories of that, and I told Doug Coletta this this weekend. I was we were, of course, had plenty of time to stand around and talk, but I was standing there talking to him. I said, you know, the funny thing about it is, is when we would, you know, when we would uh, show up in Anderson back in the day. Well, Doug was running sprint cars and midgets, of course, with us, and nobody had semis then. Nobody had the the big rigs, the stackers, and all that stuff, except Coletta. And you would pull in, and there was a black rig sitting there with Coletta in gold leaf on the back top corners of that thing. You're like, oh, Doug's here. So you know, and uh, did you run with him, Schrader? Was he still? Was he in when you were trans transitioning through? No. Yeah, I no, thought that was. My, I thought that was open, after. Yeah, my open wheel years. Uh, really, we're very, very short. Uh, we we won the USAC Silver Crown Championship in 82 and the Sprint Car in 83. Uh, I never ran a USAC race till probably 
79 maybe and then we were we were done 84 basically uh so we we weren't there a whole lot and obviously we still go back and visit and run something every now and then but until the first little 500 i ran i had never run a sprint car on pavement uh we'd run the midgets and the silver crowns but when we won the USAC Sprint Car Championship, they were, it was uh, exclusively on dirt then. Was Richmond then, was he there then? Was Tim Richmond in then? Hey, I'm old, okay? But I'm not as old as you guys want to think I am. You <laughs> no, I just thought Richmond back. was a light bloomer. <laughs> I didn't say that. No. <laughs> no. You know, and they, they, they didn't run asphalt then. When I when we won it, they had asphalt tracks. They just didn't run them. I mean, asphalt was invented and stuff. I'm telling you, anybody that could be in for five years and win championships, that's that's pretty solid because the the uh, caliber of uh, talent that comes through USAC that has and is and still does is is absolutely amazing. And and uh, I mean, watching you know watching modern day guys that are in it like. You know Tyler Courtney, he is he is on a tear. Of course, Brady Bacon, who has been with us uh, for for a number of years twelve, thirteen, fourteen years, something like that. But uh, it's it, that's a that's a lot of lot of talent to lasso within five years and and move on. But, those those guys running those USAC sprint cars now. You know, I get to watch them a couple times a year at Terre Haute and stuff. It's breathtaking. I mean, they put they, they are standing on the gas. Winning that championship, you know, in 82 and 83, Silver Crown and, and Sprint car, you climb back into a Silver Crown car now, are they still they still feel about the same? I mean, honestly, looking at them, they just don't look a whole lot different. But, Except the down tubes. Yeah, I'm just curious yeah. from, from a, you know, the technology standpoint I'm talking about. I mean, when you get inside of one, is it, a, is it how much different is it? No, uh, it's the same. I mean, it, they haven't changed them. They're they're the same. You know, they had too much horsepower then. They really got too much now, uh, you know, to be able to put on the track. But I drove uh, I'm going to do it again here in a couple of weeks. But I went to uh, Seekonk, Massachusetts two years ago and drove one of Bobby Seymour's uh, midgets. And we run third or fourth. And he says, you should. You shouldn't be able to do that after, you know, it's been forever since you've done it. And I said, Bobby, they haven't changed a damn thing. It's the same cars. It's the same track. It's everything's the same. I said, why, why, you know, I didn't forget. He's trying to think that you're old. I wouldn't take that. I mean, it, it's, I, no. it's exactly the way I feel when I look at him. I feel like nothing has really changed, but. It still requires a ton of talent to get one around at speed. I mean, so whenever he says you shouldn't, do, you shouldn't be able to do that. I mean, knowing how good these kids are, as you just commented, and and the finesse that they have with the throttle, you know, I mean, you can you get the car set up for sure, but the finesse that it takes to really get one around at speed to run on the front is exceptional. But I think the other side of it is too is you know you've got all of the, you know, now you've got the suspension stuff. How big you know, how much stuff that they've done with the suspension versus what it was then, you know, where, you know, the, the adjustable, where you got the rebound, the compression, and then, 
you know, the torsion, you know. The so tor- that's a that's a great question there, uh, Kenny. What, I mean, what about the dampers? Are, are the are the damp dampers any different than what they were before? Oh yeah, they're 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 obviously different. Uh, some of the play, I mean, you know, we'll go play with them on the pavement still. Uh, when you watch them smoke into turn one at Terre Haute, you know, never check up. I don't I don't really want to do that. I want to watch them, but I don't really want to. I don't want to play that game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, you know, it's a little different on the pavement. But yeah, the cars are, the cars are obviously progressed some, but compared to like, you know, dirt late models or modifieds or anything like that, there's they haven't made the the leaps that that some of the other classes have. But these guys get so much power and they get so much traction. When they're wheeling down the straightaway and stuff, I mean, those guys just got a lot of lot of desire, and they're putting it all on the line when they run. Yeah, whenever you've been to the Chili Bowl, and I've heard some some of the guys that race, you know, let's say like in the in the nineties or so, watch those guys now, and they're like, we could just never put power down like they're putting power down now. We won uh, qualifying night two years in a row at Chili Bowl. Uh, Always had trouble on Saturday night. I think best we ever ran was seventh. Uh, but we won qualifying night. I don't know what year it was. 90. I don't know. One or two. Something like that. Driving for Wilkie's. Uh, actually driving for, for Ralph. The the kids had their car. And, and Ralph had a car that he brought. And uh, I got to drive for Ralph. That was a lot of fun. Super cool. I mean, uh, of course, legendary name. And uh, speaking of the Wilkies uh, and Wilkie Pack, you actually tried to qualify for the 500, you know, with the Indianapolis 500 coming up here in a couple of days. You actually did make a run at that. Best wreck I ever had. <laughs> oh, uh, boy. Damn. Oh, boy. <laughs> I don't no, know if those two words Rico, go together, best and wreck, but okay. <laughs> no, Rico, you'll, you'll understand this. Uh, we were up there, run 192. Think you only had to run 186 or something. Chet Phillip was got in, I think, at 186, and you know it's 190 something. But uh, we were running good. Think we cut a tire. It doesn't make any difference what happened. You know, next thing we're destroyed. And we had another car, but it wasn't entered because of the thousand or fifteen hundred hour entry fee. So I had some owners come by and they said, what do you, you know, what do you, what do you got? And I said, what do you mean? What do I got? I said, I got this brand new helmet that Bell gave me and I didn't crack it. And, you know, my legs didn't get broke. A lot of guys were getting their legs broke then with the tarsh or the lower control arms coming through. So I'm ready to go. And they said, well, I mean, what do you got for money? And I, and said, if I had any money, you think I'd be doing this stuff? You know? <laughs> uh, and r- right then, uh, and we went on a terror that last, like, last week and a half of the month. We won at the fairgrounds. We, we won three or four in a row uh, because we that was in the sprint car. And that, because it didn't seem like you were going that fast after, you know, running at Speedway. It was the best wreck because right then uh, I made up my mind that I was going to go down south 
because I thought there was better opportunities long term down south and quit worrying about the open wheel cars. Yeah, they were flying, man. They were getting around there, but it was it was sketchy to wreck one. Well, it's I mean, like, it's always sketchy to wreck one, but it was really sketchy to wreck one of those things back then. But you know, the interesting thing, it's a, and I mean, that's a great analogy, what Schrader just said there, but you know, I'm telling you, you're talking, you know, when Robin Miller was in and he was sitting there talking about how, you know, you have these old, the old, old cars where you have the fuel tanks right next to you in the car that had no bladder. I mean, there was no safety, nothing. And and then, you know, you talk like what Schrader's talking about. I mean, you know, I think Rick Mears, I mean, both of his feet probably have more metal in them than, than bone at this point because of exactly what Schrader was talking about. So, yeah, I mean, it's uh, the longevity of it is is definitely, I mean, any of it now. I mean, after watching the cup race at Coda this weekend, I'm not really sure what the longevity is for any of those guys, but uh, – that uh, the uh, the rainstorm two fifty that they were running in, but uh, it 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 is just, I mean, it's just a uh, it's a wild place, the speedway. And I mean, we've had a lot of the guys on here, current and past. I mean, it's like Davy Hamilton said, you know, I wasn't going to end my career on the fence on the fence or in the wall at Texas or something. I can't remember exactly how he said it, but. It's exactly what it's exactly what what Schrader said. I mean, it, it it's like it's like okay, what's the longevity? I've got fenders around me. I got a, a cage around me. I've got I've got some protection and and uh, you know. So with that with that being said, I mean, there had to be some pretty wild rides in the in in Cup. What uh, what do you remember that you don't want to remember? I think I've only been upside down four times in a Cup car. I've probably been upside down four dozen between everything. Uh, it's no big deal. You know, getting upside down in the cup car, that's not bad. Running 200 mile an hour at Talladega and then finishing your wreck a quarter mile down the road, that's not bad. Running 120 and stopping in 30 feet, that hurts. Uh, yeah. That's a big difference. Gordon dumped me one time at Talladega, which was our pride, and he just, he didn't dump me, he just barely bumped me, but uh, I remember in the middle of it, and I, in the middle of it, I thought, like, wow, that wasn't near as bad as I thought it was going to be, because it only turned over three or four times, but then I looked around and reassessed, and we were just real high, uh, and when it came back down, it got worse, but you know, but you, you you hit your belts and you got out. So you know the Cup car was great. And I I love watching those Indy cars now, with with all the front protection they got with the windshields and that for sure whatever they call it deal above their heads. The arrow screen makes me there, happy yeah. to mm-hmm. see that. Yeah, you know the cars still look great, and just someone finally realized that hey, we ought to protect this guy a little bit. Yeah, and it's paid huge dividends on a on a number of times already. I, I mean, just recently, I want to say at, at Barber um, this year, I think they they had that opening wreck where Newgarden unfortunately dipped a wheel off, came back in front of the field on the opening lap, and you know parts and pieces were flying. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, maybe one bounced off the front of Jimmy Johnson's car off the aero screen. That most certainly right. would have hit him right in the head. And 
Uh, we, you know, we know the results of that are, are not good. So it's paid huge dividends. And, and I remember uh, it was only a couple of years ago there was a race at Detroit uh, with IndyCar, and they had a wreck, and one car ended up on top of another car, and, and the tire literally had the guy's head, I want to say, pinned against you know, the side of his headrest. He, he maybe had a couple of inches or something like that, but there's a tire mark on the helmet. He was fine, but um, I just remember thinking, oh, my God, I mean, that just could have been disastrous. So you had to see those advancements in safety, and you, that has to be the biggest advancements that you've seen in the sport along the way in, your, in the history of your careers, how much safer they are now than, than they were when you guys first climbed into them. Oh, yeah. And, but even when I started, like I first ran my first open wheel car probably in 74 or 5, uh, you know, since then they're so much better. But, you know, from when I started racing to, to you know, the, the pioneer, I mean, not the pioneers, but the guys in the 60s, you know, man, when they – what was it? What was the real rough year? Sixty four and sixty six, weren't they? For I think so. USAC yeah. uh, open wheel guys, but I mean, yeah. And we're not we're not done yet. You know, they're going to keep coming up with new stuff. Like Mikey Waltrip said one day, he told me, he said, "Do you realize we're going to be able to tell our grandkids that we used to run two hundred mile an hour next to a concrete wall? You know, no safer barriers." And you think about it now. That's that. I can't. You know, those were what the dumbasses we were. We didn't know it was okay. We didn't know the no safer Hans barrier device. alone. Take, yeah, yeah. Well, the safer barrier alone takes about a third of the impact out. So it's just amazing what they uh, keep coming up with, and they'll keep coming up with more. And the safer barrier was a uh, birthed, if you will, by Tony George. Tony George was the one that started in on that to begin with when it all started happening. And uh, I had a friend that was actually uh, had high-speed cameras, you know, back then. I mean, it's, it's been – Saberberry's been around for, for a minute now. But, you know, he had high-speed photography equipment, and it was set up in every corner, like impact zones, like where they would catch it. And I'm telling you, man, it was wild. Showed me, you know, some of the frame by frame. And, I mean, this thing's blasting, you know, a thousand frames. I mean, just ripping. And uh, so, anyhow, they they showed what it was without. And then they showed what it was with the, the next year after they had kind of got it all put in place. And and uh, it's, it's wild for sure. And, of course, that technology is getting better and better by the day. I mean, we just saw Will Power um, on bump day trying to qualify to get inside of the field he smokes the right rear into the wall off a of turn two and continues on to finish the lap I mean w what I was looking at there is I mean and he tagged it pretty good it was it was definitely no joke I mean the fact that he had balls enough to run that thing in the turn three that literally had to be a conversation he had with himself down the back straight straight away saying well, there's a really good chance I'm going to wreck big right here, but if I don't go for it, I'm not getting in the show, and it was all or nothing. So hats off to him for that, I guess. But uh, but whenever you look at what the safer barrier did, 
the spring back, you know, I mean, it didn't just launch it. It didn't suck the car in and then launch it back out into the track. It really just kind of saved the back of the car and he was able to continue down the back straightaway on the mat. It was, um, what they're, what they're doing with it now is nothing short of exceptional. And, and Kenny, whenever you talk about what Mikey said now, we'll be able to tell our grandkids we race against the wall. We'll think about the wall was an advancement from the Armco, right? right. I mean, Armco right. used to suck the cars in and cut them in half. Yeah, but one thing, now I'm not saying this in Will Powers' case by any means, but throughout racing forever, you know, when you say he had the balls to go down the back straightaway and talk to himself, there's always been a fine line in our sport between big balls and little brains. They look like the same sometimes. You know, I've never heard it put that <laughs> so, way. Well, sometimes but I, it I, pays I, off, you know. I yeah. mean, you just never know, and it might pay off. <laughs> never, never you heard can't it that way. Tell but... which one it is. <laughs> on that note, we're going to take a quick break. Everybody can finish up with their chuckle, and we'll be right back on the other side. From BBC Radio Four. Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. This segment of The Skinny is brought to you by Rhino Classifieds. Tired of all those ads and random stuff that shows up when you're looking to buy or sell your car parts? Rhino Classifieds was created just for you. Welcome to a streamlined buying and selling app created by racers for racers and race fans. Modified cars, classic cars, race cars, that special big block you need. The trailer to move your baby around the country in. We got you at rhino.co. Welcome back to the skinny, having some chuckles here with Kenny Schrader. And uh, 
Uh, let me say thank you, man, for finding the time to, to come on here and, and spend some time with us here at the Skinny. Uh, we certainly appreciate it. Man, your career has just been outstanding, but your personality far exceeds your career. And uh, you mentioned to it before, mentioned before that what you're still doing is having fun, and it certainly shows. I mean, there's always a smile on your face. You're happy when you're at the racetrack, and you're living the dream, man. Yeah, I, I am. I, got, I mean, I've got no complaints. Still having fun. Don't have any plans of uh, quitting anytime real soon. Uh, my wife tells me that I'm, I'm, my driving skills aren't that good, but they're the best skills I've got. So I've got to milk it a little bit longer. <laughs> hey, man, you wouldn't be able wow. to do this without without sponsors. Talk to me. How long have you been with Federated? Uh, wait a minute. I, I know how to do this. Okay, look at that. That's 22 years. Uh, wow. Federated Auto Park. Uh, 22 years. Uh, Hunt Brother Pizza is in our, our car for the last uh, half a dozen. Henry, uh And this is all are my, my dirt cars. Uh, this weekend is is really big, though, because the little 500. So I think we're the Fathead's car, aren't we? I think that sounds right. That's good. He did great. Yeah. How about that? He finished yeah, the right okay. way. <laughs> <laughs> Are you gonna Are you gonna sell me a pair at wholesale price? We'll We'll get you in a pair just as long as you keep mentioning us. That's how that works. Yeah. Okay, Rico. We got hats. We got koozies. We got all kinds of nice things here now. <laughs> we We've just We've had a lot of fun and uh, no No plans to quit just yet. Uh, I said uh, when I can't get in, when I'll get my buddies. You know, I get younger buddies to help me get in when I can't get in no more. That's no, that's no problem. That kind of segues right into what I was going to say. 500 laps is a lot of laps at oh Anderson Speedway. I mean, 30 or 40 laps at Anderson Speedway is a lot. It's a bull ring. It's a high bank place. It isn't uh, making uh, split-second decisions. It's making split-millisecond decisions because something's happening real quick at the speed you guys are running there. I mean, I know Stuart's workout regiment. Are you on the same thing? Is that how you're doing this? Pretty much, pretty much on the same workout regiment as Stuart. Yeah. Very I'd much love so. To, I'd love to say something different, but unfortunately, pretty much the same one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> pretty much the same program here. So this is good. Yeah. Do you have any, yeah. I, you know, to tell somebody – to hop in a car that that let's just say they let's just say you could hop into a sprint car and you had the skills to drive it you wouldn't physically i would say most people i mean even people that are in in shape that that jog or work out on a regular basis they would not survive at speed the physicality of the car i would i would venture to say much past 10 laps and that's if you're in pretty good shape um much less somebody that's about to be 66 years old to go out there and rip 500 is it do you think it's just your ability to to relax when you have a little opportunity to relax not hang on too tight the muscles that have been developed over the course of time you continue to use are just there i mean how do you explain it well you just you just get conditioned to do it uh you know you ran the cup races for for right at 30 years and they were meltdowns i mean be 140 145 degrees in the car you'd be in there for four hours uh that 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 helped 
I've never been out of the car for an extended period of time. Uh, I had a little run last week where I was eight days in a row in a car. Uh, and we're going to be right at eight. That was a couple weeks ago. Right at eight this week, too. Uh, the main thing is just probably feeling relaxed uh, enough and comfortable enough uh, to remember to breathe. Because that's that's where you really get yourself in trouble. And I say that because, I mean, I went through it, you know, at different stages of my career. When you'd get up into a different type car that you maybe weren't used to and you'd be a little stressed up. and uh, It just comes as second nature like anything does after you do it enough. I do a lot of stuff to keep from having to get up on Mondays and go to work. <laughs> There's the key. So, so right when you feel like you're fatigued and you're not going to make it, I'm going to have to go to work Monday if I don't make it. So I got to keep. So that motivates you to finish running those laps. Exactly. I do Another not want thing, a real job. One more thing too is our little 500 has been tenth, ninth, a broke, a DNF, and an eighth. Tenth, ninth, DNF, and eighth. So I've never run 500 laps yet. So I don't know. I'm I'm pretty strong around the 488, but we haven't made the 500 yet. <laughs> I love it. Keep scrapping, right? What, so, what was I've got a story about the about the breathe thing too. Right, so go ahead. Right. So so Stewart, he would get out of the car. We'd go to these hammer down tracks like in PA. And listen, it's the same thing that Schrader said about watching those the young guns, if you will, hauling it down into one and just about not really lifting at all. Okay. And just wheeling that thing around there, pulling the front ends up. Man, Williams Grove, Port Royal. I mean, those places are no joke. Well, you know, Tony comes in. He, he you know, he, I mean, he, he runs good there. I mean, if the car's, car's right and things are right, he's, he's on it, man. He's doing things. Well, you know, he comes in and he's, I mean, he's absolutely gassed. I'm like, I'm like, you all right? He's like. He's like, yeah, he goes, this place just makes you hold your breath. I mean, it's just interesting to hear Schrader say that. And I told him, I said, I told him when this whole drag racing thing started, I go, can you hold your breath four seconds? <laughs> or how long can you do it? Because you'll probably be pretty good at this if you can do that. So what was your deal? Yeah. I, I, I find it also interesting that a veteran like Kenny Schrader says, you have to remember to breathe. Because right. I had the opportunity to run a short course off-road truck. And going back, I believe it was around 2004 or five, and we were testing at Crandon, and uh, and nobody had ever said anything to me about it. And I remember uh, we 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 practiced for an event, um, Bark River, I think it was, and I ran about three laps, and I got out of the truck, and I literally said to my spotter, I said, "I'm I'm never going to make it through this race." I said, "I'm completely wore out after three laps." I mean, and I mean, I was spent. I was done. And I think it was Johnny Greaves, who, you know, multi-time champion, uh, walked up to me and he said, man, you got to breathe. He said, you got to, no, it was Kurt LeDuc. It was Kurt LeDuc. And I had a sock. I had a, a, an off-road sock. You know, the socks come down and protect your neck and stuff. And, uh, and it, was, it was containing all of my, my exhale air. So all the carbon monoxide was staying in the helmet. They said, they said, rip that thing off so you can get some fresh air and you've got to remember to breathe. And oh my God, what a, what a difference because I was doing exactly what Kenny just said. I was scared to death. I had never raced it before. I was hanging on for dear life. 
and the you you naturally hold your breath whenever you do that. So I right. just wasn't getting any oxygen in at all, and consequently, after three laps, I was wore out. So I literally used to have my spotter tell me every single race. I would say, "Remind me to breathe. Just tell me to breathe." As crazy as it sounds, right? It it was so important, and it was the only way I could make it to the end of a race. And you are talking about you know holding your breath, you know when you you know when you're scared i mean i think that's what sleep apnea is from it's like sleeping with your wife you're scared you're gonna get you're gonna get ko'd in the middle of the night i've never slept holding... with your wife but maybe i don't know i mean she never listens to these shows so i clearly can say whatever i want i'm opened up here on this but just kidding just honey just kidding but no i mean it is interesting though and i mean the whole that whole deal. And I mean, because your, your mind is in a total different place and you're, I mean, how do you forget to breathe? Well, you know what, when you're at that speed and doing those things, I mean, that's, that's, uh, but yeah, I mean, when Tony was telling me about it, I was like, I was like, well, I said, you know, how, how does that work? I mean, he's, he's, you know, it's like Schrader. He's ran a lot of stuff, man, and went way fast, but it, uh, you know, it was, Pretty wild, and I mean, talk about getting on your head. I mean, the the wreck, you know. Unfortunately, the day that you know lost uh, lost Dale, you know, Tony was in a horrific wreck, and you know he still has that car at his house, and uh, you know to look at that thing. I mean, it's it's bad enough where Pam, Tony's mom, won't even go in and look at it, you know. But then you get in a sprint car at, at Port Royal, which. Listen, those wing sprint cars, the 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 non-wing stuff, the stuff Kenny Kenny runs. I mean, listen at Bristol. I never in my life saw more late models and modifieds flipped ever in my life than than were at that place. I mean, just I mean, what was the Schrader? Did you run that, or did Kenny Wallace or anybody run that that you talked to? We did not go. We were going for the. World of Outlaw Weekend, where they ran the late miles and the modifieds, and didn't get to make it. I forget what happened. We had to, we had some place we had to be Monday that there was no way out of. They had a bad forecast, which they wound up running Sunday, and I wouldn't have been able to make it. Uh, so we didn't. I I watched it all on uh, Dirt Vision. I mean, it was funny, exciting. I had run around there enough laps before that I kind of knew what they were going to be up against, you know. But uh, it was good. I don't know. Our cars just aren't built to do that. And I will say that, I mean, watching the sprint cars go around there, I mean, it was putting a lot of pressure on pieces that I'm just not really sure made to have those parts have that much pressure when you say that your cars aren't built to do that are you talking about the banking uh the banking and the speed now i say that and i got thinking about it that i don't know how many three or maybe three of the last five years tony's ran my backup modified at uh ducoin illinois really they'll run 165 down the back straight away but you know Maybe and that's, okay. and that's and that's and that's getting it. I mean, yeah. 165, and but I mean, you also, you know, at Decoin, you also have a, you know, a, a pretty wide, pretty wide corner, you know, where you you take it a little bit different. I mean, those guys at Bristol, like the Outlaws, 
I mean, they were, I mean, one, they were, they were popping motors left and right. It was eating motors up like crazy. And, uh, so it, it'll be interesting what the, I, I don't, I think that they'll do it again and I don't think they shouldn't. I mean, I think they should do it again. I think it was, uh, I think it was awesome. And if it wasn't, uh, you know, the pandemic program, I think, I think you would have saw a lot more people there. They said they had more more people uh camping and things like that than than they could have ever imagined. So I think that it's uh I think that it's a great a great thing, but I'm I'm a little I'm I'm a little uh biased because I think this place in Rossburg, Ohio should have gotten that race because they're kind of the ones that stuck their neck out there with the truck deal and it should have been the right progression to go right over there with the cup stuff as well. So I, uh, I, I mean, I, I love it for the dirt program, but I think you're probably, I mean, Schrader, do you think you're going to see more of that with those guys doing some dirt shows? I don't think we're going to see a lot more of it, you know, us, uh, possibly. I mean, when we talk about, there's only two places that two other places that could do it. And that would be, uh, Tony's Eldora or Knoxville. Uh, in my mind, it's the only ones that could put on a good show. And they're going to Knoxville this year with the truck, so we'll see what happens there. Um, I thought I thought the show came off good, especially for you know two o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, I don't know, you know, how much better a night show would have been or something like that. But it was a big change for the sport. But you know, I, I believe it was dictated by TV, so. It's not like anyone had a whole lot of control about uh, how it happened. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, running a dirt race, as you well know, during the day is is a challenge by any standard um, to come out there. And it took them, you know, it took them a number of days. And like you said, they were they had also been battling weather off and on, I think, the previous week as well. Uh, by the time they got to the cup race, you know, the track, I thought, settled in. I mean, it was rough. It was It had holes. It had character if you will but i think that's all part of the fun if you're going to put them on the dirt you've got to you've got to find a way to deal with that stuff it's not going to be pristine like asphalt otherwise just run it on asphalt so i i thought what the guys did was was pretty cool uh to to watch them progress the way they did i i will ask you this i mean because we've seen this at eldor with the trucks what are your thoughts about taking that windshield out and putting a screen in uh I'd, i'd be all for it i think it'd be better uh you know, when uh, David Stremme ran one of the XRX cars at uh, Gaffney, I guess, Cherokee, uh, and they talked about it. And when I, I ran it, tested it at Knoxville and Eldora uh, two weeks ago, they had the win- front and rear windshields out. So I don't see there would be any problem there at all. I mean, it allows them to give them a better track rather oh. than slicking that thing off like they oh. do at Eldora. A- absolutely, but I mean... Whoever made the call, clearly somebody that is not aware of how dirt tracks operate, but whoever made the call to send the trucks out there to quote-unquote wheel pack, yeah, bad idea with windshields. I mean, horrible idea. And, I mean, it closed the whole front of the trucks off and everything. It's like, that's why you send the, you know, the old cop cars out there that they finally had out there (laughs) doing it, which, which were pretty entertaining to watch. But I always thought... Here in Indianapolis, <clears throat> Brickyard Weekend, if they had the cup race out at the big track, you know, at IMS, 
like they do. They had the nationwide race, or I'm sorry, Xfinity, Bush race, however you want to roll there, out at Lucas Oil Raceway. And why don't you have the truck race out at the Indiana State Fairgrounds? Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They could run the trucks at the fairgrounds, could they not, Kenny? Yeah, the only problem with the fairgrounds, you know, Springfield and Ducoin are still still dirt tracks, and the the Indy fairgrounds, first off, the, the, the wall is way too low. It, it needs some help that the other ones don't. Uh, and that surface has been transitioning more to uh, a type surface for the horses than for the cars for a number of years now. Uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, that last year was supposed to be the last time, right? Yeah, yeah. Or no, two years ago. Two years two ago. Two years yeah, ago. And then, and then they did run it last year, right? Was it they, because they of ran, the pandemic? Yeah, they ran it last year. And, man, there was some there was some wild stuff that happened there. Out of turn two, I mean, listen, you, you flip a silver crown car, you've, you've accomplished something. I mean, it, you you... I mean, those are big, heavy cars. Yeah. And, uh, man, there were two or three that got, got upside down there. I think that, I can't remember who it is, got transported to the hospital, which is just kind of something you generally don't hear, you know, within the Silver Crown deal, thank God. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, uh, I always enjoy, uh, uh, you know, the coin, Springfield, all that stuff. But, uh, I mean... I don't know how many people come pack the grandstands to watch horses run around there unless they're unless they're <laughs> going to start racing them there or something but just uh that was my that was my text to the that was my text to the uh to the governor when we were there if you want to come out and watch a real race we're here it's not far from your house so he didn't reply but anyhow so and it wouldn't be bad to, to invest some money back into that and, and make it a multifunction track. I mean, I understand what Kenny's saying. It's going going all towards the horses, but why not Why not put a little bit of money back in? I mean, the fairgrounds does a great job. There's a lot of stuff that goes on out there for the bulk of the, certainly the warm months here and and, and uh, exhibition stuff in the, in the cold months. But, yeah, maybe maybe invest in a wall and, and proper proper uh, safety items out there to get those cars out there. I mean, the, the race is phenomenal, and, uh, I mean, just like you said, you know, DeCoin, you know, those those big dirt track races, you know, even for the ARCA cars, it's fun to watch those guys go out there and, and do what they do, the flat track motorcycle stuff. Right. I mean, it's it's incredible. The and flat I, track bikes are wild. It's there. unbelievable. Especially right? like Springfield, DeCoin, same thing. Yeah, but I mean, same, same exact thing. And, I, and, and the fan base that you have here, I mean, this is a, a racing town, you know. Right. I mean, I just can't imagine it wouldn't work out for them. Time for a quick break. Don't go away. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, Somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. This segment of The Skinny is brought to you by Toyota. So, so Schrader, did you ever run uh, uh, an outlaw car out there at the at, at the Indiana State Fairgrounds? Ran it. Uh, I don't think I ran an outlaw car there. Uh, ran we ran the uh, wings winged outlaw with the World Outlaw Show and USAC Silver Crown cars same day. They had some kind of shootout. I want to say it was in '82. So I had one run a wing sprint car at Sedalia on the mile and at Springfield on the mile. Hammer down, right? Yeah, it seemed like a pretty big commitment when you got down the end of the turn. Like, I, I think I need to let up, but I know, I mean, I think I want to let up, but I probably don't need to, but I really want to. But, you know, then that little brain part. I was just going to say, are we back to that big ball up. little brain thing? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Wound up didn't let off. Yeah, of course. Let's keep her down, babe. Keep her doing it. A lot of times, uh, a lot of times, it helps you when you're coming off the turn if you check up just a little bit. Yeah, I've seen them. I've seen yeah. them clear that fence there at the at the fairgrounds uh, uh, more than once. And I was there. Uh, I was there for an outlaw show. It had to be early '90s. Again, working you know, working security, doing something. And, uh, and I'm telling you, man, I was, I was absolutely mesmerized. I mean, they were flying around that place. And, uh, but what, I, what I, I guess where I was going with it was, you know, back in the day, they had a lot of shows there, you know what I mean? And they had a lot of fans there. So it's like, nothing's changed. I mean, you right. know, the, the, if racing, you know, as a whole, I think it's gotten better. It has, gotten safer and uh you know so i don't know it's wild i mean i'd, I'd like we, to see we, their one thing's changed on us though rico is they they had a lot of shows and they had a lot of fans but we're having less and less fans at a lot of these races um not saying that less are watching because now with all the uh uh streaming that's available for for all the different series online you know, a lot are watching at home, but not necessarily some of that revenue isn't going in the promoter's pocket. So we're not necessarily seeing the fan support we need 
to be rolling the dice and making a couple hundred thousand dollar investment to bigger, bigger, bring a big race into some of these facilities. Are we going down a slippery slope here with, with the direction oh, things are yeah. going with all the live stream? As far as if you're streaming from from the racetrack, uh, probably some of the revenue sharing needs to be looked at, you know, for the racetrack also in some well, of the situations. What... I know it's di- different for all of them. But that's where I was getting ready to go exactly when he said that. Now he's wearing track owner hat. Okay, track promoter hat. And he's exactly right because here's the thing. You know, you haven't changed the purse. You haven't paid more. You have this streaming thing now. You're still charging Peevely uh, the same amount sanctioning fee. But you're also, you know, robbing them at the same time because, hey, listen, maybe I don't want to trek it all the way over to Peevely and watch it. Because I know I can turn on Dirt Vision and catch the Outlaws race. Yeah, and that facility doesn't can... cost a penny less to run this year than it ever did before. You know, I mean, right. it's it's all going right. up. Right, exactly. So, I mean, it, with the cost of fuel, cost of everything, you got, you know, everything that's going on out there. And, and I agree one million percent with him because here's the thing. Without track promoters slash owners like Schrader, you know, and Tony and everybody, these guys that have tracks and tracks together. Well, there's no place for you to film it. There's no place for you to live stream it now. So where are you going to do that? If you don't, if, as I always say in business, if it's not good for both of us, let's not do it because it's just not going to be good, period. It's never going to turn out better because we did it and we knew we shouldn't have done it. So I, I wholeheartedly agree because at the end of the day, you end up, uh, you know, you end up hurting the, the, the tracks. And listen, some places can take it. But, I mean, you look at Bob Sargent. Bob Sargent has, has I mean, you want to talk about a guy that rolls the dice. I mean, he puts it out there, you know, and he promotes a lot of races. So if you're, you know, taking money out the back door, it's, it's – it's hard for him to continue, you know, how much longer do you want to continue that business model? So I'm by no means, uh, signaling, singling, picking our dirt vision by any means, because, uh, the whole dirt organization, that's, that's who we're, uh, sanctioned by at, uh, uh, I-55 Federated Auto Parts Raceway. And they, you know, the world outlaw sprint cars come there. I think they're there four times this year. Uh, and they they have done a phenomenal job of of help growing our sport. We're just going to need to look at some kind of hopefully some kind of universal package uh, put together like like NASCAR does uh, that maybe would you know look at a little bit diff, different distribution of some of those funds. Yeah, and I mean that's and that's exactly what I'm getting at because listen, Dirt Vision. I mean, I'm not going to fly to California to watch, you know, watch them run out there. So it's great. You can pick it up. And the people from California aren't going to fly out here. But it's exa- I, I agree with Schrader exactly what he's saying because at the end of the day, if there was some rev share thing on there, you know. Uh, well, it's, be- it's benefiting the, the streaming company. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a product for them. And, 
you know, it's just like going to a grocery store. They're going to sell the product. They didn't get the product for free. Right. You know, you should have to pay for that product to some degree. Now, whatever that percentage is, like you said before, it's got to work for everybody. So, you know, if the streaming company is, is charging the fans that are watching, whatever the price may be, then a percentage of that needs to get kicked back to the guy that's actually producing the show. Well, I mean, yes, yes and no, but here's the thing, too. If you have a place that holds 10,000 people, well, you're going to be a different percentage than the guy that has 3,000 people, you know, 3,000 people in the stands. You know, but it, well, and I think that's what Kenny said. I yeah. mean, you divvy it up where, where, what, however it makes sense, obviously. But I mean, the point being is, if they're going to live stream it and and it does rob them of some of their audience, then yeah, you've got to find a way to keep everybody has to keep winning. Otherwise, what's the point of doing it? Right. You know? I mean, you're, they're right. all there at the end of the day to try hey, to we're make not, a living. We're not trying to finish eighth, okay? <laughs> yeah, Just no. to go back to that or seventh, 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 seventh. <laughs> <laughs> Top five, damn it! We, we've invested a lot of stickers in that car, so okay, gotta... a lot of stickers. Okay, <laughs> it's more than that, but anyhow. <laughs> hey, buddy, we've had you on here for a while, man. We appreciate you taking the time, and uh, hopefully, Mother Nature will uh, will cooperate a little bit better uh, later on here today, and you can get inside of that race car a little bit. I'm just getting ready to run out there and spring into action right now. <laughs> There you go. Schrader, thanks as always. Or and maybe, uh, What's that? Or, or maybe start my exercise program. Yeah, one one yeah. or the other. I don't know yet. So, so his exercise program will be like Tony's. He's going to walk to the concession stand. Get Buy a, some get, Oreo cookies. Get a couple of hot dogs. <laughs> if they sold SpaghettiOs, he would get those, of course. So. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, Trader, thanks as always, and hope to see you soon. And uh, we've got your uh, your your glasses waiting on you here. We just need you here so we can fit you. Okay, sir. Thank you much for having us on. Thanks for being with us here on the Skinny. This episode has been brought to you by Toyota, Rhino Classifieds, Dream Giveaway, and General Tire. For the latest in sunglasses, optical frames, accessories, and apparel, be sure to check out Fatheads.com. That's Fatheads with a Z. Production facilities provided by Fatheads Eyewear Studios. All rights reserved. The Skinny with Rico and Ken is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, 
fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.